Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Monday Now Raul, the show formerly known as NXT 2 but Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on WrestleCult Chat. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night Smackdown and a very eventful show yet again. Super eventful. Um, this show had it all for better and worse with yeah. present-day WWE, uh, especially WrestleMania season WWE. Um, I would classify this show as having no less than three hot angles. Mm-hmm. One match that I uh, would like classify as one of the best in WWE's week, and then one that was one of the worst in WWE's Ooh. year. It just had it all. Um, I'm really into these WWE shows lately. Um, I know we always talk about the bar and the the curve, and it's it's real. And I sometimes think, should it be like, should we? How long into the Triple H run should we be just saying? Right now, hang on. If we're rating WWE as vastly improved from when Vince McMahon had the keys, at what point do we say, well, if it's improved, it's on AEW's curve and on AEW's grade. Yeah. But what I got out of this is something that I feel has been lacking. I don't know, um, you know, to pull back the curtain yet, I don't know what you and Sidgwick are going to say about Rampage, but my general feeling over the high-quality Dynamites lately has been that that show has sustained itself when the wrestling's been fantastic. Yeah. Like those, the ones, the episodes this year that have been truly great were mostly the ones when Brian Donaldson was running the gauntlet. Yeah. Because you, you had a guaranteed four and a half star match and there's something else on the card that just really pulled you in. Sm- Smackdown and Raw don't ever guarantee that. You get them, you do get the good matches, and there's one on this episode, but it's never a guarantee. But I think I believe WWE's angle game is miles beyond AEW mm. at this point. Truly, honestly, like so, maybe the bar should be this. Maybe the bar should be raised. Maybe the curve should be different. Because I just watched this SmackDown, and like I say, three WrestleMania programs given attention in ways that I thought was super creative. One was absolutely white hot in the building again. Yep. Like for the second time in a wrestling week, as it was on Raw, it was white hot and main event angle, white hot in the building. The other two really hot in these crowds that are otherwise silent, often like mm. funeral quiet. Yep. These WWE crowds, and I yeah. It's probably just the time of year, but in terms of quantity and quality, I think WWE's got the measure on angles at the moment, and I think the SmackDown was good exhibition of that. I adore SmackDown now. I It's a staple thing Saturday morning, before I get up, before I have toast or tea or anything like that, first thing I do is watch SmackDown, because I don't want anything to be spoiled for me. Yeah. That's a sign of how much I love this show. Compare that to Rampage that I watched on my lunch break today, Uh-oh. and I've already forgotten about. This feels like a review spoiler. Um, no, it was... A, a completely fine show, but instantly forgettable, aside yeah. from one announcement from the best thing on the show, who is more sort of Ring of Honor than anything else, really. <laughs> um, but more on that on the Rampage review with Sidgwick a little bit later on. Yeah, I, in comparison to that, I watched this Saturday morning, mm. and I could turn my laptop around and not even need to look at my notes to tell you what, when, what happened on some of the major events of this. Although, like you said, there is one match on this show that I, as you know, Save time, busy, busy life. I've got. I uh, often double speed the uh, <laughs> yeah the wrestling uh, shows, and one match I thought, oh, I must have forgotten to turn the double speed on for this because nah. this is going 
to seemingly take place underwater. Everybody, everybody thought this. I saw four tweets that all got shared with that same line of thinking, yeah. with a different upload of the clip. And I wasn't one of those tweets. I just saw them. And then me and you had a conversation this morning where you said the same thing. It, I, we'll get to it, I suppose. But my God. Was Ronda Rousey a really good SmackDown Women's Champion? It's, <laughs> it's starting to look like that. It's the Meg, it's the Meg thing, Griffin, isn't it? isn't it? Like the, oh, that title reign get less terrible. Yeah, exactly. Wait a second, wait a second. Ronda's most recent SmackDown Women's Championship reign. Hey, 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 hey. You are right. <laughs> when you weren't at the time, but Jesus, compared Is your to your laptop, okay? It's going to take off, yeah. If you Is can that going to come through the microphones or not? <laughs> Probably. I feel like so. You know when um, the like? Do you have any in your house? Because ours is quite a new build. Do you have any of those bathroom lights that knock on the automatic extractor? Fan? Yes, we have one of them in one of ours. We got we got two bags, mate. And uh, like you flick the light, and the, extract- the extractor fan comes on, and uh, like then all of a sudden you try and have a conversation. It's normally me to my wife, where like <laughs> I'll try and start a conversation, and I know full well she's not gonna be able to hear it, so I'll just keep saying it. She's like, just give me a minute. No, no, no I'm getting my point out. Like at work, Wilborn lets me say whatever I want, yeah. so you should be able to listen now. Um, if you don't want me to go out with the lads, speak up. <laughs> oh, huh? I'll see you later. See you in two days. <laughs> uh, so this show opened with a brilliant video package yet again, recapping uh, the angle with Jay and Jimmy and Sammy, obviously from Monday Night Raw and the betrayal. Uh, and then the Usos arrive. I love that that's just a staple now, SmackDown. SmackDown opens not with uh, the big graphics or yeah. not with a big pro- an opening show promo or a big match. It's just always the Usos are here <laughs> or the Bloodlines are here. Yeah. Uh, so they pull up, Paul Heyman. Is the happiest dad in the world. He hugs them. Jay's like, all right, where's Roman? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, all you need to know is he's as proud as you as I am. So never yeah. mind where he is. He's a gaslighting prick. Um, he says, well, right, well, when you find out where he is, tell him I'm here. Um, and then, hey, Kayla! Wanders up uh, and says, what happened on Monday? And he's like, I'll say everything I need to say in the ring tonight. And Jimmy's like, never mind all that. Why is Cody Rhodes up in the Bloodlines business? LTST, baby. Great stuff. Great stuff here. Breadcrumbs. Don't, like, I don't think the quality of this opening thing should be undersold, right? The bloodline arrive, and we know we have to kind of accept how wrestling works. Is that, well, why, why are you there already? But this, as you say, that's how shows open when the big stars are here. And right now, the Usos don't even really need Roman uh, or Solo. And it's not even by association with Roman Reigns. They're in this big angle, and them arriving is a big deal in and of itself. But the fact that they frame this first, so you had to watch... Jey Uso get out the car, and you're kind of staring intently at his face as a fan, trying to work out what he's thinking. Mm. Then he sees Paul Heyman, and you see his face, and you have a good sense of where Jey Uso's motivations are, and he's going to flesh those out in the ring. And Jimmy Uso was great to watch here, because he was kind of painting on this smile when Jay and Paul Heyman... Mm-hmm. Like had that awkward hug, that awkward moment that together. with the smiling face behind the crying... Yeah, like, so he's like, yeah, it's, it's all... Good question mark. And then when they speak to Kayla, Jay's all bored up because he's like, "This, this is my moment. I've got to fight for the decision I made and stand by my brother, which is the whole reason I've made the decision in the first place." A lot got established in this indeed establishing moment ahead of the main event promo later on. And Cody getting name checked mm-hmm. was useful then for two hours later because unlike, do you know where SmackDown was based? I can't remember. Pittsburgh. Was it in Pittsburgh? So the building in Pittsburgh, obviously the gap between the toilets and the ring is smaller than Daly's place <laughs> because there was that time where he was getting called out there to say he was in the shower or something, was it? So like, something yeah, like that, yeah. Not the case here. I'm trying to look this up now. Oh, I was right. I the think PPG it was. Paints Arena of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The PPG, there's a lot of piece. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of alliteration. Artless people that named well, that arena. Speaking of alliteration, I'm saved a little something for a little bit later on that I guarantee if he hears about it and... I wonder if anyone's going to snitch tag him. He's going to annoy Sidgwick. But, well, we'll get to that in, right. in, in due course. Okay. Uh, I did think at the start of this, when he came in and went, oh, where's Roman? And it was like, Roman's not here, mate. Mm. He doesn't give a toss. You've done what he needed. He needs you to do, so why would he bother turning up? He doesn't need to kill Jimmy anymore. Yeah. I watched that and thought, well, I'm not going to feel too sorry for you. You've made your bed, sort of thing. And the fact that they managed to change my opinion of that later on speaks to how well this was laid out on this show. What a disrespectful piece of garbage bitch Roman Reigns is as well. Like they continue to absolutely nail this heel version of him. When he's not there, I think I hate him more than when he's in the building. Mm. Brilliant. Uh, so then we got a five-way to see who gets killed by Gunther at WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, it was Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, L.A. Knight. Yeah. 
he's got to be on the cards somehow. Hope so. He's so over the amount mm. of things I see people sharing with us on Twitter from live shows and even just SmackDown stuff. Got to be doing something with. Fair's fair, you know, like, especially in the last two, three minutes of this, because the fans were pretty quiet for most of it. I'd say, like, four of the guys in this were really over. <laughs> Save your words and Karrion Cross made up the uh, rest of the men in this match. Uh, I thought they did really well in how they've laid this out. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I think I can call what happens this week as well, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. So uh, they clear out the ring, and of course that leaves Drew McIntyre and Sheamus to go face-to-face. Um, and as they argue, the unorthodox team of L.A. Knight, yeah, yeah. Gary and Cross, yeah, <laughs> uh, team up to take them out, to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, they're working together on Woods. Uh, Sheamus pulls Knight out of the ring. Cross saves him there, and they work together to take out Drew and Sheamus at ringside. McIntyre fires back up, but again, uh, the weird duo take him out. That allows Sheamus, though, to catch them off guard with a nice flying crossbody. Uh, Cross catches Sheamus in a half crab as Knight hits a a neck breaker on McIntyre. But, uh, as always happens, Cross breaks up Knight's pin attempt. That alliance is over straight away. Mm -hmm. They turn on each other. Uh, That opens the door for Xavier Woods to come in and run wild and hit that amazing flying elbow of his on LA Knight. But, I mean, just everyone broke up the pinfall at that point. Um, And as they go to another commercial, out comes Imperium with Gunther, of course, uh, to have a look at who they could be facing at WrestleMania. Um, Then there was a great spot when we came back. Cross has put McIntyre in the tree of woe. Uh, Knight, I think he's trying to superplex oh Cross, and McIntyre does that sit-up thing of his. Yeah. S- suplexes Knight, who superplexes Cross. I think that was how it worked. Ended up like an elevated superplex, oh. basically, off Drew, didn't it? Yeah. It looked like it sucked, is what yeah. it looked like to take, I mean. Um, Sheamus gets in, hits a slam on Knight, and then just, I think it was Woods, Cross, and Knight get the 10 beats of the Bodron. Yeah. Um, this is where it really picked up. Yeah, really hot finish this. Sheamus goes for the bro kick on LA Knight, but McIntyre cuts him off. So then Sheamus hits the bro kick on Woods. McIntyre hits Knight with a Claymore. One, two, three. And there was, I couldn't do that at the same time because I haven't got two voices, but there's two pinfalls going on at the same yeah, time. Two referees. Because two the referees. Referee that was there for Imperium. And, one yeah. slid in, yeah. And they've both counter pinfalls, and both Sheamus and McIntyre get their hands raised, and there's a huge triple threat chant. It's not a um, screwy finish when an arena full of people don't feel screwed. Mm. That's what happened here. Me and Sid did the preview on Friday, and we were trying to arrive at a way in which a triple threat would be not just obviously the way that this was going to play out, but a satisfying conclusion. Mm. You know, they have those ones that time. I always think of Kane, Undertaker, and Austin, where the whole point is Austin's got to lose, and Vince doesn't care who wins. They kind of both lean on his back. What are you doing here? I'm pinning Austin. And they lean on him, and they both get the pin together. This was a far more creative solution to that problem. Yes. Because, again, it doesn't ever hurt to reestablish the Claymore and the Bro Kick as the death blows of these giant men. They should do that thing that they had with uh, Seamus and Big Show where they measured the uh, impact of (laughs) them on a big light square or something. I like that. That could be the, uh, what is it, the progressive match flow of the week thing. (laughs) Uh, Just a zoom in, like the Predator type zoom on the boot as like Drew hits the Claymore. Um, it's like those lads who get pissed up and, you know, that punching bag in the pub. <laughs> yeah. I've never punched one of those. No, I've never thrown a punch in anger, I don't think. I've been very fortunate enough to not be in any fights. I, t- I got hit from behind in the back of the head once. I got punched in the throat once whilst I was trying to break up a fight. <laughs> someone throat. swung for someone else and hit me in the throat. It's like, on Christmas, I think, as well, in Chesterfield. Is that like an actor that, like, no, please, not the face. Oh. So he was like, not the It's my livelihood. Build new accents. Did they, they heard you on free radio. And they were like, enough <laughs> of this. For the good of the people. I want traffic and travel to somebody else. Aren't those things like a quid a go as well? All I see is, oh, I, you oh, see I, is pissed up people trying to flex Look, them. anyone that listens to this podcast and might enjoy those, I'm not trying to like take away your fun. But I, so I grew up like in the, by the, in the for English listeners will understand this, like when I say Scarborough, but for the American listeners, it's a very, very, very UK coastal town. You people go there for their British beach holidays. It's a bit it's, like Atlantic City. Yeah, perfect example. It's a beach, but it's still kind of cold and grey. Yeah. But it's somewhere to go if you don't. Well, can we go to the beach? We've got a beach at home. Yeah. Beach at home is Scarborough. <laughs> That's it, pretty much. And you would often see, we were just like, you'd go to the arcades and just try and make a quid last. That was my dad's rule. Yeah. Get it changed into tens, get it changed into twos, Two whatever. Two for me. But big burly. Well, made of money. Big burly blokes drinking cans would like fill it full of pounds and have like competitions trying to get the best score and I'm pretty sure the number was gimmicked anyway 
So, like, you know, it's, it, I'm sure it wasn't a perfect formula where you smash it. I'm sure the idea was, like, I don't know, like, 75. I'm going to have another go. 72. I'm sure there's some machine going, loser, put another quid in. Yeah. Like, I didn't like them. What are we talking about? The five way. <laughs> oh, yes. Really liked a lot of stuff here, even if the fans kind of only came up for the last few minutes. Uh, the, I really like the callback in, so Seamus and Drew having the face-off where everybody else is fighting is a nice callback to Seamus and Gunther when it was the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, mm-hmm. where they loved that bit and all the scrapping's going on. And it, like, makes the two people in the middle like look like this kind of monolithic visual of, like, the two two almost, like, statuesque figures that have got mm-hmm. a fight. So that was superb. Didn't mind the minimising of Cross, LA Knight, and Xavier Woods for the two finishes because, like, the week before... In setting up this match, Drew and Sheamus were positioned as the biggest threats to Gunther. And it's worked because if the fans are chanting triple threat, there's two things there. Number one, they are actively campaigning for a match that's historically worse than a singles one. It's <laughs> yeah. so impressive that WWE have arrived at a point where like people want a version that is theoretically weaker than the good one. Right? That's so how much have we said? Yeah, Drew's fine, whatever, but like Sheamus in one more go at WrestleMania would be so cool. Yeah. Like the stakes would feel higher because they had this legendary battle last year. Two good matches, actually. But Apparently not. Like, this live crowd is evidence that they've nailed the, like, the sort of the run-up to this triple threat. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll solve this mess on SmackDown this week. But I have a sense they won't. I feel like what we're being shown here is what we're going to get. Yeah. And this was evidence that what they're giving is what people want. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard a triple threat chant. Ever. <laughs> there was a pay-per-view called Fatal 4-Way, and nobody chanted for that. Oof. You know? Like, I, I just thought this was so impressive. And Sheamus hitting the beat of the Bodron was one of those moments, like on everybody, was one of those moments where a, a, a crowd that were kind of not really asked, they were just watching the key spots and waiting for a finish, were drawn into like the physicality. They believe him. Mm. I was just thinking the South Park bit of like, I'm in a, I'm in a team with myself, which means the other person I can trust is myself. myself. <laughs> I was, I've hit the 10 beats of the bottom on everybody. Except for myself. <laughs> the Reddit thread, that's how we retires. Let's talk about this all in, in one go, actually, because I've got a uh, smoking hot take, but that's going to have to be saved for the SmackDown preview this week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, later on in the show, there was the, the argument, like you say, with Drew and Sheamus arguing and Butch and Ridge Bloody Holland having to come in and separate them. Um, and then, where was this later on in the show? Yeah, Imperium, go and see Postman Pierce. Gunther's very adamant. One challenger, you said, for my title. One. So Pierce books Drew McIntyre and Sheamus for next week, which is just, yeah, fascinating development. And, well, we'll talk, I suppose, more about that on the SmackDown preview. It's good. It's good working, I think, because I'm not so sure they can lose here. Mm. Fans have chanted for a triple threat. So what would typically be the, right, how are we going to get to the out? isn't an out as mm. far as this crowd. And me, actually. I think I want the triple threat now as well. Yeah, I'm going to be um, a bit of a hypocrite on the SmackDown preview, but uh, you have to listen to that to find out why. I can't imagine that. That's <laughs> anyway. Never, that's never come up. Uh, Especially Paul, not when we're discussing WWE. Paul Heyman's hanging out with his best friend, Kayla Braxton. Um, <laughs> she asks about Jay's decision, uh, and Heyman's like, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about Cody Rhodes. Oh uh, he says Cody's been getting involved in bloodline business. That's family. It's been nearly a thousand days, which sounds really awesome. Yeah, it's great, uh, it? That Roman Reigns has been the champion. Um, and then for every new challenger Roman has, he asks the wise man for his advice. Do they lie and manipulate someone so they get broken by lies and deception before the match starts? Or do they use the truth? And the truth is the bloodline can't be stopped when they're aligned. Cody, yes, is a nightmare for Roman stylistically. Um, and therefore, Roman was like, so what do we do? Lies, truth, lies, truth. What are you thinking, Paul? And then Roman actually came to the realization, obviously, because he's the smartest guy in the room and the best and not a, a gaslighting prick. Um, he says the most evil thing <laughs> we could do is smash Cody with the truth. And the truth is that his past will weigh him down so much that by the time they reach WrestleMania, he'll already be beaten. Um, the only story Cody's going to have is picking his shoulders up off the mat after losing um, and then pick the time and place to truthfully acknowledge Roman Reigns. Brilliant. Brilliant again. Like the word Smith, Paul Heyman, hot take. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. The Cody Rhodes feud is the best use of Paul Heyman we've had in quite a long time. Certainly it's the least. Not that, like, Heyman with Roman has been so much better than the year, the latter years of Heyman with Brock. But even then he was falling into a bit of a generic pattern with Roman Reigns. And I just think that's completely dissolved since the bloodline got really hot. And he's found a new gear with this Cody Rhodes program. 
This promo, far from being the only thing on this show, let alone in the last three or four weeks of television, has established this WrestleMania main event as, you know, like that old... Uh, uh, Okey. <laughs> yeah, that, that immovable force... Uh, Un- unstoppable force means the immovable object. Thank you. That used to be saved for, like, giants. Yes. That's a Brock Roman tagline, yeah, exactly. isn't it? It's not... Like, Roman is the immovable object. Cody is the unstoppable force. That man comes back from a broken tit and wins the Rumble. That is an unstoppable force. Like, Cody, look at him. The man cannot be stopped. And yet, Roman, a thousand days in, feels immovable. It's title match. Sorry. It's f***ing brilliant. Yes. Like, it is absolutely what you watch for. Like, I cannot say enough good things about this. Um, We'll get into this more in the main event. But... We knew it. We had a, all had a good gut feeling before Elimination Chamber when you had that one-two punch of Cody and Roman having uh, Cody and Paul Heyman having the first showdown, and then Cody kind of giving Sammy the "I hope you win." Mm. I've already encountered a, a little taste of the bloodline, and I don't think I like it. No. So I'd rather let me and you, Mano and Mano, have a title match, and he's not got on his way there. And the way in which, like how delicately Cody has been woven into this from where we were at at, let's say, the Royal Rumble, right, when Cody wins the match, and all he's got to do is point at a sign, and if he wanted to, it could be, I'm going to go to the gym. I'll see, like, I'm going to become the fittest, best Cody Rhodes, and I'll see you at WrestleMania, and you buy it, and, you know, it's coming back from his injury and whatever, and in the meantime, all the melodrama of that closing segment with Roman and Kevin and Sammy and all that, it's like, wow, like, these two things can't collide, because mm. one, the melodrama will overwhelm Cody's yeah. magic story, so we'll just keep these worlds, especially on different brands, Bloodline yeah. was mainly SmackDown, Cody was Raw, the temptation to just have, like, man, like, in the background, Cody's, like, working harder than ever on the weightlifting and all that sort of thing, meanwhile, Roman's been distracted by this Sammy Diversion, and they've braved it, they've put the two together, and it is merged absolutely perfectly, and I think we got, again, more, like, illustration of that in the main event as well. Mm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Now, some people say that that is the only good storyline in WWE right now. And to them, I say, look what came next, because it was time to find out who's going into the Hall of Fame this year in 2023. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did we not see this coming? This is this is credit to WWE that they I've said that sentence, I reckon, every week for about four weeks. Yeah. Um, whether it be the 
Gargano thing in NXT, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or many developments on, uh, on on Raw and things like that. But this one was just absolutely genius. It's a lovely touch, obviously, to have Conan uh, inducting him as well. Yeah. Um, and just shows you how far WWE have come that they'll allow something like that know, to yeah. happen. Uh, it was it Cornet that was there the other year mm-hmm. inducting somebody. Yeah, they kind of break their own rules a bit for the Hall of Fame, don't they? Um, and yes, the first inductee with a great video package to remind you just just how great he is in the ring. Less so outside of it being a father, obviously. Yeah. Um, Rey Mysterio <laughs> is the first inductee in 2023. Uh, Rey Mysterio comes out. He obviously quite rightly gets a "You deserve it" chant, and he goes to address the crowd. Before he can say literally anything, <laughs> he's interrupted by the guys who, well, to co- collectively, mm-hmm. they're in the f***ing judgment day. And, uh, Which is weird, because they're like raw wrestlers, but on Friday they won. Uh, and Don comes out. And says, I can't believe can't believe you've done this. <laughs> this was the one thing we didn't want to happen. He says, you all, you missed all these holidays. You missed all my birthdays. You make this bloody Hall of Fame career, is it? Was this the point where he says, the only Hall of Fame you deserve to be in is for deadbeat dads? <laughs> I want to look at that. I need the deadbeat dad Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm worried that I get inducted. But I want to see the deadbeat dad Hall of Fame. And he said, Rhea's right. Oh. Mammy's right. <laughs> I'm ashamed to be your son. Uh, and out come Legado Del Fantasma. I do like the way they've weaved these in as a sort of stopgap of like, well, we can't just do every week. Let's have a fight. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. We spotted this when they had that digital exclusive. Remember mm-hmm. that with the mask and like that, the only reason them two wrestled together in that four-way, it turns out, was to create all of this. That's booking. A great six-man followed it as well. Yeah, because yeah. out comes the, the guys uh, and Santos Escobar says, uh, disrespectful little prick. Um you know, Ray might let these sort of things go because you're his son, even though you're a bit of a bastard. Um, we were meant to have a match later, but you know what? Let's have it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio versus Legado del Fantasma, Santas Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and one of the best-named wrestlers in wrestling right now. I love Cruz del Toro's Cruz name. Cruz del Toro. Um, with Zelina Vega there, Ray Mysterio there, and of course, Mammy. Um <laughs> Really fast-paced, understandably, with the guys in this match. Uh, Judgment Day early on, take control, and manage to isolate Del Toro. Um, and then they beat down Joaquin Wilde when he comes in and then knock Escobar and Del Toro off the apron. And they're just dominating as we go to a break. Uh, when we come back, though, Escobar comes in and runs wild. Um, there's a drop kick from uh, Joaquin Wilde. Um, and then Del Toro and Escobar hit double suicide dives onto Balor and Priest. Oh, my God. Um, and Zelina Vega tries to get involved, but Ripley blocks Hurricane Rana and then just throws her <laughs> onto Escobar and Wilde again. Oh, my God. Uh, Ray gets in Rhea Ripley's face at this point. So Dominic takes advantage. He's in the ring with Del Toro. Yeah, Del Toro was. And he hits a sliding drop kick onto Ray, who goes, <laughs> slides in. That takes the referee. It looks like Del Toro. Well, Del Toro does have the match won, basically. But Daniel Breeze comes in and just nails Cruz Del Toro with a kick. Dominic pins him. One, two, three. Post-match, uh, Dominic gets rid of the rest of the Judgment Day. So he wants to address his father. This is the bit where he said, you should be in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. for deadbeat dads. I do apologize. He'd saved that for later. And then he said, I should really have been Eddie's son. I wish I was. Oh, God. And Ray's like, all right, you've, you've, we've said a lot here, <laughs> but take that back. Uh, and Dom's like, no, I'm not going to take it back. Unless you hit me. Please, please, please hit me. Uh, Ray's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to strike my son. Dominic charges at him, and Ray doesn't hit him, yep. but forces him out of the ring by dodging him, and Dominic spills to the outside. Uh, Ray's yelling, I'll, I'll not fight you. I'll never fight you. And Dom's like, you will. Yes, you will. God damn it, man. I'm sick. I am sick of... Everybody assuming, just because me and you called every single detail of the story from way back in 2019, the assumption that the enjoyment of this is ironic. Nope. Dominic Mysterio is fantastic in this role. Dominic Mysterio, am I going to do it? Am I going to... I think I am. If this was on Dynamite... Wow. Dominic Mysterio would be getting praise for his work as an improved promo in this heel persona this idea he has come on leaps and bounds this idea that like there's a low bar but oh, wow <laughs> the a booker as tony khan has done to his immense credit yeah. over and over again 
found the role for the wrestler that has given that wrestler the confidence and the self-belief to show themselves in a way that they've not been either in AEW or in WWE or wherever they've been seen, this ability that he had, whether it be pairing people together, whether it be just like giving them the, or helping them along with a gimmick or, or a story or a character that they bounce off. So many times we've seen it in AEW and it's like a real credit to promotion and performer. It's Absolutely. A, the real collaboration of it all. It's happening. It is happening in front of your eyes. We are not, well, I don't want to speak for you or Cedric for that matter. I'm Please just saying, do for the, on this I topic. am not watching this anymore don't we like the, the stupid idiots in purple yes but all of them are absolutely excelling and we are long long past the point where it's just like that type like clash at the castle when dominic first turns and leaves his trainer raised jacksey <laughs> judgment day immediately make a edges meme. jacksey edges jacksey excuse me immediately make a meme of it by pissing themselves laughing and you could argue right there well, at least they're having fun with it. Yes. Time for the, everything since then, nah. Like, you've just seen high-quality work. Finn Balor and his one silver leg, when they all came out to defend Ray, just pulling faces and flexing at them. Like, like If I had that body, I'd, I'd, that's what I'd do every day. Yeah, quite right as well. He, he's deserved that. Like, Family wedding. Come on, everyone, pose for the photo. <laughs> and proof, if proof be need be, <laughs> that the Judgment Day are... Right up there, an upper tier WWE act, without question. What happens in WWE when you actually get, and this, frankly, this used to be like, you know, like gold dust in WWE. I don't mean Dustin Runnels, although mm. hopefully Cody gets him back in time for <laughs> Um Like this used to be gold dust in WWE where there would be one overact. It was hard enough to find one overact. But when you got one, the last thing you thought was, you know what we should do with that one over act is try and help them get other acts over mm-hmm. because it was so, like Becky Lynch being a perfect example. Becky Lynch is super over. She's the main eventer. Should we stick with Lacey Evans? That's how we do business. Nah, because you can't protect anyone anymore. So if anything, that's going to drag <laughs> Becky down. The Judgment Day becomes such an over act that Dominic's feud with Rey Mysterio, his deadbeat dad, has, as we saw come in, definitely, definitely made something for Legado del Fantasma that wasn't going to happen otherwise. I agree. Somebody has spotted that there is a connection that can be made here over the respect for Lucha history. And by the way, this connection has not serviced the Legados all that well. So you've got two ways you go with this. They're either like the baby-faced defenders of a Rey Mysterio because he's constantly dealing with this four-on-one attack or... L Judgment Day? Along those lines. <laughs> or eventually they look at Rey Mysterio, not as like this deadbeat figure, but as just somebody like... After say once all the dust has settled with Dominic, it's like we went to bat for you and mm. it never turned out in our favour. And then they batter him and their heels all over again and they're reheated and they feud with Rey Mysterio plus whoever, you know. So there's numerous couple of ways, but the fact they just they were going nowhere. Look at what was happening with them at the same time with Hit Row and the Viking Raiders. And you only need to look at where they are now to compare who's had the benefit of the rub of the judgment day. Yeah. And and again, like people think we're just taking the piss or whatever, because it's still a funny bit that we get to swear when they come out. But <laughs> honestly, like, we've and another, like, WrestleMania speaks for itself, assuming that we get Ray and Dominic, and Christ, I cannot wait to fantasy book a Hall of Fame segment gone wrong. Oh, my God. Three singles matches. That stable speaks for itself. Two things. Number one, I've, I don't think I've ever, since I've been smart enough to realise that, well, certainly prior to Papa H, <laughs> there was no point in saying, oh, maybe this is heading here in a few mm-hmm. months' time. Right. I can probably think of, off the top of my head, between three and five SummerSlam matches led from what happened at WrestleMania that aren't just, I'll run that back. Yeah. Right? There's that, first of all, because you could easily... What's the thing that they've been doing with Legado and Ray the entire time? Mask stuff. Oh, wait, what's the one thing you could put on the line for Ray? Mm-hmm. He's not retiring, is he, at WrestleMania? You would assume not. Two weeks to book him. <laughs> and by the way, Dad, hit me and I want you to retire. And number two, just as you were thinking there, I've had a brainwave yet again. Go on. So we love the Judgment Day, obviously. Not un- sorry, unironically. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you want to say, give them all the belts, except you can't really. You can't give them any other belts. Tag stuff, bit busy at the moment. Yeah. World titles, ditto. US title, IC title, be nice. But it wouldn't work, certainly not the IC title, US titles, you know, yeah. tied up until at least after WrestleMania, obviously. If only there was, Michael Hamlet, if only there was a belt they could bring back that, I don't know, could be given to a member of the Judgment Day who probably would maybe just about fit the requirements of, I don't know, a cruiserweight. Oh, my God. And I can't remember what colour that belt was, <laughs> Oh, my though. God. They bring back the purple cruiserweight title. And he never Dominic defends Mr. it, obviously. Dominic Mysterio never, like, Stephanie on with the it. women's title. Yeah. A total vanity plate. On Earth, 
and it's got its soul has got to be We're all saved. champions here. We're all champions. Yeah. By one of the great, one of the last great NXT Cruiserweight champions. I'm going to tweet it. You tweet that. <laughs> right. Ugly ass belt, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, but it'll work in. It would. Um, Charlotte. This is like photos taken seconds before disaster. Charlotte goes backstage to see Postman Pierce and says, oh, I'll have a bloody match. It's WrestleMania season after all. And he says, all right, I'll, I'll look around and see if I can find someone. <laughs> uh, and then we got the Viking Raiders with Valhalla uh, versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman, who are fast becoming, outside of the obvious ones, one of my favorite tag teams in WWE. I would agree. And then I kind of hated an element of this match. We're going to get to. Well, yeah, I think I yeah. know where we're coming from here. Um, yeah, the spot takes to a break early on in this match um, because Ricochet using his speed to get out of the way of Eric and Ivar and then Strowman just picked him up and threw him. <laughs> it's great, man. I love I love their big man, little man spots. Now, I keep talking about the, the walking scent on that he does. Yeah. Like Ricochet as if he's like the most natural thing in the world, walking his dog. Because broad shoulders are so but He can take two clear steps on his broad shoulders and then flips. Uh, so we come back from the break and the, the Raiders have isolated Ricochet and they've knocked Strowman off the apron and there was a... Oof, I mean, it was meant to look like this, but that running crossbody splash oh, against a barricade gosh. that did not move an inch. No. Because it's LED and stuff, isn't it? Like, at least the other ones you could have a bit of padding. Well, I'm into those because I'm sick of barricades falling over, so it's quite <laughs> nice to see them, like, stand up for themselves. Uh, so it's Eric and Ricochet in the ring and Strowman's... Oh, Ricochet's, oh, there's no one there in my bloody corner. Um... And Ricochet knocks Ivar off the apron, but Eric comes back with a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Ricochet fights back and gets to Strowman for the hot tag. He runs wild. They're all at the ringside. You know what's going to happen here. Uh, so Strowman tags in Ricochet, knocks Ivar over at, at, at ringside, goes to do the shoulder tackle onto Eric to knock him over um, the announce table. But the last second, Valhalla pulls or pushes Eric out of the way, and Strowman just crashes into the announce table. Ricochet goes to the outside, Valhalla does some spooky bollocks, yeah. distracts him a little bit. So by the time he gets in uh, and goes to hit the 450 on Ivar, he misses it. Ivar hits that spinning heel kick and the big splash for the one, two, three. I suppose you could say the Vikings Valhalla's voodoo vexed Ricochet. <laughs> vexed Ricochet. Yeah, I couldn't get that last bit. <laughs> oh, man, what a shame, what a shame. Um, what, the alliteration or the match? Both. There, I'm with you 100% on Ricochet and Braun Strowman. I don't know if, if it's forever, but I certainly like it for now. Um, Viking Raiders needed this win, but did we need Valhalla to be corrupting? Excuse me, how dare I? Corrupting uh, Ricochet to get us it. I, I'm glad that it wasn't anything like he was like, oh, I'm in a trance. Yeah, well, like it was I, very much like, I'm going to do something. He's like, was okay, it, I'm going to get back in the ring now. It was an implied trance. Yes. Was, no, that's true, actually. I'll give you that. Like, it would have been... But this is the point. It would have been enough for her physical presence to throw him off that why couldn't it have just been a physical presence? Why did we also have to worry about magic? Because it, it cannot do it. Like, and considering that I've just done the... This would get more credit if it was in AEW. Let me now say this would get just as much criticism if it was in AEW. Because yeah. I didn't love the House of Black teleporting in to go, challenge accepted, and then teleporting <laughs> back out again on Dynamite, right? Didn't love that either. I, I, what is going on? What is going on in wrestling at the moment? What yeah? What has the the the, the spooky community got over wrestling bookers this year? Yeah, it's it's everywhere, man. The, the, like not for the first time in wrestling, corruption is absolutely rife. But I think I'd prefer it was the financial kind. Got it in. Yeah, you've got it in literally every single. Well, it lives show. in Impact. That's fine. In, like, yeah, but I'm literally talking about Dynamite. Yeah. Check Rampage. Yeah, I suppose mm. as well. Right. Raw, you've got... I mean, Bray Wyatt keeps doing stuff on yep. there to target Bobby Lashley, so let's say that. Viking Raiders on Valhalla specifically. On, well, Uncle on Howdy is SmackDown Bobby Lashley, Raw, <laughs> of Alexa course, Bliss. Yes. So, double corruption from Howdy. And then Isle of Dawn in NXT as well. Yep. It's everywhere. It's, it's, there's too much of it. My least favourite thing. Yeah. But as you say, it's so strange that it gets this like equal opportunity from every promoter to have a bash with it. And I'll, I'll watch these, these four go again. I really enjoyed their dynamic working together. Uh, yeah, I'm, I still can't make my mind up on the Viking Raiders. You know, it's like the work. For None of them are doing anything at WrestleMania, are they? Probably not. For as much as the again for Strowman, it's weird it's for Strowman. Well, it's weird for Strowman and Ricochet, you know, because and to go back to a point you were making about how you can't really do anything with a Judgment Day and the belts. Like, I sometimes wonder if maybe that you go back to that Raw and you find a way for the Judgment Day to win. The 
Sammy protecting the belts was incredible, and it made it's one. It's probably still my. I must. I bet I'm criminally underrating something here, but that's still my favorite WWE match of the year. I think Judgment Day versus the Uso slash Sammy Zayn from mm. Raw is Triple X. But the magic was because there was only one set of belts on the line, wasn't there? Would Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos just for the SmackDown tag belts be losing much if it was just for them? Maybe it would. I don't know. I gr- I think I have the same policy with Roman. I think you dilute the belts now You're and probably you just right. weaken Aye. the two WrestleMania We're so close matches, to the two matches, which yeah. should both main event, uh, no. especially after this. Well, Christ, like I've made my. Do, I know what you do. You do Ricochet and Braun. Getting a tag title match as baby, baby face versus baby, baby, baby faces eventually KO and Sammy, mm. uh, and then do or, or no, maybe, maybe not even that. Maybe they, you know, they do tag team stuff, but it's like, ah, it clearly doesn't work. But it, yeah, it was, it was fun while it lasted. Anyway, let's see who's gonna be the person to face. There's a big battle royal who's gonna face um, Cody at Backlash. What, Backlash or whatever, yeah. And Braun's got the match won. And Ricochet 450s or does some mad bollocks onto the back of him, breaks mm. up the pinfall, and Gunthor or whoever it is you want to... Or Solo Zakoa, I'm sticking with that booking because I think <laughs> it's genius whoever tweeted that to me. It's not my my take, but it was a really good idea. Um, Solo Sokoa steals it, well, not steals one, but wins it in the end. And you do uh, Batista and Rey Mysterio. You're supposed to be my friend. And you turn Braun heel. I do like that. I do like the idea that Braun batters Ricochet at the end of all this. Counter offer for the WrestleMania Battle Royal. If I may. Are they doing that this year? Well, not yet. But can I offer you a tag team battle royal? Ooh. To, count, to crown number one contenders that fits Rick Shane Braun on the card, fits the Viking Raiders, fits right now uh, Alpha Academy, just off the top of my head, right? You've got uh, all the tag teams on, like the two Imperium members, like, you know, that Gunther's going to go as a good top. tag team in action on Raw tonight, I've seen. Indeed. As won by Pretty Deadly All the Creeds. Oh, my God. If you know, you know, NXT podcasts are available right now if you want to get up to speed. <laughs> uh, I don't know how far back you need to go to understand all the in-jokes. But August uh, 2021, I would say. <laughs> Still in the archives. Um, uh, speaking of jokes, it was time for the Shot oh, God. Shotzi match. This is the match I thought, what's going on? It just keeps happening. Like, before you do your recap, let's just... Like the elephant. I, mean, I haven't really got much of a recap. I can run you through the moves. Well, the elephant in the room probably has a take on this. But I'll, like, get in there first. It's every Charlotte Flair match. We have no, this conversation. not pay-per-view. Yeah, all right. We have this conversation with every Charlotte Flair TV match. And I feel like a bastard for constantly... There are, I don't like on these podcasts when we... Ever, I don't ever think we do. I think we're one of the better ones for this. IMO. Charts justify it. Mm-hmm. Don't at me. Um, we're, we don't isolate wrestlers for constant criticism. No. I don't because I don't think it's helpful. Uh, constructive, you can like and dislike a match, whatever. I might, I might have to interview them one day. Well, yeah, that as well. But especially when I don't feel like it's particularly punching up, there's certain talent that are immune to that, and you can have a go at them as much as you want, like a John Cena or The Rock or whatever. But yeah. I just everyone that is working as hard as they possibly can deserves a level of respect just for doing it. But I think we can be critical in good faith about these matches. And Charlotte Flair is having loads. Of She's not walking through that curtain saying "follow that." Yeah. She's having, like, loads of bad matches in a way I can't understand. I could understand uh, a dip in quality from someone's peak years. No one can stay at their best forever, and that's an unfair expectation. You have some runs that last longer than others. We used to say Charlotte Flair was the one that would have your... your, your, Every woman's best match was going to be Charlotte Flair, and there was loads of evidence to support that. And now, and I will accept that pay-per-view point to a degree, because I, I loved... Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley at Money in the Bank 2021. But there are people that will fight for the, you know, the quite personal Becky Lynch brand v. brand match. Mm-hmm. Some people quite liked Charlotte and Ronda at last year's backlash. So there are these isolated things. But is that not, I put it to you, is that not the problem? If we're taking somebody with the push, the constant push, the constant sort of care and attention and title reigns of a Charlotte Flair, is it not the problem that we can basically narrow down the last sort of three or four years to maybe five earnestly great performances yeah. it's not enough and when the bad ones are this bad you have like uh, it feels like a lot of questions are being asked about her and i'm still a bit pissy and petty that i feel like rhea ripley was put in here to try and make this match feel elevated jenny i feel like I don't know what happened afterwards as well with that promo well i feel like both women's title matches have been hijacked by a plan changing of rhea ripley 
yeah, having her destiny altered. I, like, I'll never be able to quite get over that because I know what I was shown and everybody knew what they were shown and everybody wanted it. And I just, I sensed it at the time that was like, you know, let's let's get something big for you. You know the old gag about Shane McMahon on the whiteboard? Yeah. Like, what's Shane's WrestleMania plans? I can actually understand that for Charlotte Flair. Yeah. What are we doing with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania? I think it's a fair question if she's fit and she's good to go. I wish they'd found something else. Mm. Like Rhea Ripley, Bianca, but there wasn't just a match. It was potentially the match. People will absolutely campaign this for the night one main event, and I think it'd be a mess. Like, this is the thing. We we sit here every week and talk about it, specifically on Dynamite, just as an example, but it's, you know, it's a thing that's affected AW and WWE. This isn't an AW-only problem, right? And we, we bemoan the fact that they just go, uh, get some women dressing out of the way, right? Yeah. And I'm all for equality and all that sort of thing, right? Doesn't merit it. Neither match now merits it. On paper... Both of them could main event and smash it out of the park. I have no doubt. Both matches, yeah. Asuka and Bianca Belair and Charlotte and Rhea. But your main event should be the biggest match on the night. Mm-hmm. The biggest match on each night right now is all bloodline, bloodline stuff. Isn't it? They're just not, neither of these stories are particularly connecting and it doesn't feel like WWE are going to do much to change that. We're no. going to get this. They've been in place since the matches were announced and it's like, it's that thing of, is the story moving on or are you just like using synonyms this week and yeah. next week? And that's what we've got. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was going to run through this match, but I don't, I don't want to. I feel like everyone's seen it on Twitter. The, the, the underwater slow motion, almost back and forth action. Um, like what, booking, right? We just praised it with Legado's and Judgment Day and all of that. Why haven't, they, unless it's because they just don't care, why haven't they booked Charlotte Flair a logical route into that story? Because that's where Rhea is. So you show us something that theoretically means nothing, and then, ah, oh, it turns out it's because that's why they were sneaking Charlotte Flair in. Why don't they, off the top of my head, literally as we're talking about this now, Zelina Vega is set to have a, a mixed tag match alongside Cruz del Toro, and she gets injured mysteriously, and we're all kind of, it's a weird kind of nudge that it was Rhea that did it to her because of a Judgment Day ongoing battle. And, like, Cruz of Torres out there for this mixed tag, and he's got nobody to partner with him. And Charlotte Flair says, I'll partner with you. And then they win a match, and you've established a sort of enough of a kinship with mm. Charlotte Flair and the Legados that she comes out when the Judgment Day are there. And then all of a sudden, Charlotte and Rhea have got... Ah, like that, see, like, yeah. But that's how they've booked quite a lot of things lately. And that's just off the top of my head. Like, it's supposed to overlap without you seeing, so that when it reveals itself, you go, oh, cool, yeah, that's this is a lived-in world. This is a bit of in-universe storytelling. It's just every single week, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley kind of like glare at each other and get to trade very written lines. Yeah. It's not doing anything for Rhea. Like, no. she's over in spite of this. She's over, but she's over in spite of all of this. Um, match stunk. This yeah. match stunk. Shotzi came back with the top rogue Hurricane Rana. Flair hit her with some chops. Fall away slam, spear, figure eight for the win. And Rhea had come out halfway through the match. Everybody's seen them online. If you haven't, please go and check this out. Or, for that matter, if you listen to this review aren't online in any sort of capacity with the wrestling almost be nice bubble yeah and you but you don't watch smackdown you listen to this i kind of employ you to go and watch this <laughs> to see what we're talking about leave it rolling as well because what comes next will cheer you up i promise this sludgy cooperative oh goodness non-contact sports stuff between these two see better on nxt every week yeah and far and away i and these are like and often these are like developmental Six months in the gym, wrestlers working through very, very rehearsed spots, and this came across as more rehearsed. So Flair gets on the mic, calls Rhea Ripley kid, says, what's on your mind? Ripley says, I'm going to take the one thing that's important to you and take the title of WrestleMania. Uh, Flair kind of forgot our lines and then remembered, oh, yeah, we're doing the Christian thing. I'll outwork anyone, <laughs> uh, male or female. I take seriously. Uh, you can tear anyone apart except for me, and then leaves. But like you say, you can't, you can't come out after that, I mean, they, obviously it was planned. It's not like they go, oh, bollocks, we'll just do this. But like after that match, no one's shaking in their boots. No, that, and that's the problem. So much of her character is based on the fact that she's simply the best at this, which is a nightmare when you've just watched a match yeah. like that. This needs a flash win. This needs Rhea Ripley to absolutely decimate Charlotte, and then they try again at Backlash with the pressure off. And like, let's see what yeah. they've got. This like this feud needs Rhea Ripley to have completely outmatched Charlotte, and then Charlotte to kind of give it the old... All right, no excuses. Anyone can beat anyone on any given night. Give me one more pop at you, and we'll see. Like, yeah. This is the real quiz type thing for Backlash, and then the rematch. Double turn? Smaller venue. Rematch. I mean, has it not already happened? Well, granted. Like, is it, when WrestleMania is taking place, is it not going to feel like that in the building? Because <laughs> I feel like it might. Uh, right, main event time. Uh, oh. They recap 
what again what happened on Monday Night Raw with with Sami Zayn and Jay, um, and out comes the bloodline or out comes the Usos I should say. Uh, the bloodline, Jimmy says, are back together and are now in your city. Nice hearing that again. Mm. Um, and Jay says, look, I know everyone wants to know why I kicked Sammy in the head, why I'd betray Sammy like that. By the way, I love the line, the prodigal brother returns. Amazing. It's a, such an incredible build. I wrote that down first thing as on my notes. <laughs> it was that and then the vexing stuff, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> where were we? Yes. Um, Vexed by the Jericho vortex. He says... I've been struggling with my emotions. What would you do in my place? Because what would you do if one of your family members is in trouble? And then, I'm going to preempt this. Oh, my God. He did it, Hamlet, because he had to. He didn't want to, but he had no choice. Jimmy is his blood, his twin, his brother, not Sammy. Neither is anyone in the crowd. He didn't want to. He had to, because oh, Roman Reigns, newsflash, is a gaslighting prick. <laughs> he said he was going to kill him, obviously, on this yep. show. Jimmy, that was. And he if, was watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get through this, and then I can get your thoughts. <sighs> I can sense what you're going to say, but still. Yeah. He says, look, you want to blame me? Jay Uso, by the way, sensational promo. Really strong here. You don't know why I go through. You watch on TV, and yeah, you see our greatness. You don't see the struggle. The person I blame, says Jay, is Sami Zayn. I wasn't about to let my brother get clipped, great line, for Sami. You know, Sami's too selfish. All he had to do was fall in line. But Sami doesn't know anything about that because Sami's not blood and he never will be. And then Jimmy says, with the Sami problem out of the way, we need to deal with Cody Rhodes. And he goes to continue, but out, well... Wrestling is more than one royal family hits. Mm-hmm. Out comes Cody Rhodes, looking resplendent of as course, always. Uh, and he says, hey, if you're going to talk about me, you should probably talk directly to me. And by the way, I don't answer to you. I don't answer to Roman Reigns. I answer to each and every, well, the fans, but cliche and all that. But Cody Rhodes, get yeah. away with it because he's the best. Um, and it sounds like, actually, they don't want to hear us talk. They want to see us void, Right. Jimmy says, fine, mm-hmm. look at the numbers game. Come on down. We'll put you on the shelf. Let's get. Let's have a bare-knuckle fight then. Mm-hmm. But then in comes Sami Zayn yeah. through the crowd, jumps on Jay. Cody gets involved. Big brawl. There's fighting on the announce tables. There's fighting in the crowd. I think it was, was it Cody and Jay? Because that yeah. would make sense that keep them apart. Sami and Jimmy. And they're brought in their crowd. They brawl back to the ringside. And they brawl into the ring. And eventually, Cody and Sami, the ones standing tall, whilst officials hold the Usos back. What a close of the show. With no Roman Reigns whatsoever, but the, the sort of ghost at the feast. God damn, where do I start with how much I love this segment? White hot brawl. Um, I'm watching a bunch of over characters fight and be as over as they are in a WWE setting is never not great because WWE should have been doing this every week for the past 20-odd years (laughs) and just slept on it for decades. So getting this is so immensely satisfying. Um, I literally don't know where to start, so I'll just try and go back and work chronologically through this. Can we show some respect uh, for the anxious millennial Samoan, please? Because people are complex. And how long has it been since WWE had characters that have more than one side yeah. to their personality. Jey Uso here. Count the ways, man. Like, so straight away, he made it He made it clear in the car park, but he didn't back down. He doubled down in the promo that this was for Jimmy Uso. He wasn't hiding away from or making a secret of the threat that Jimmy was under. He did this for his brother. And by the way, we knew he would come through for his brother because of that week on SmackDown where Jimmy was going to defend the tag titles by himself. And Jay showed up through the crowd. So there is already an inbuilt history that Jay will go. Like, he'd been AWOL after the Rumble, but the one appearance he made was in that tag match. So we know that that's Jay Uso's modus operandi, protect Jimmy at all costs. Back then, it was protecting the belts. Now, he has no choice, as he put it, to protect Jimmy from Roman Reigns. So I love that straight away, there's no ambiguity here. Jay is doing this to protect Jimmy from Roman. How bad is that? How bad is it that he must protect his brother from the violence of somebody that's supposed to love them? Mm. That's so awful. That's such an awful situation. But what does this person, Jey Uso, do in an awful situation? He tries to blame us. 
because that's how that works, that cycle of abuse. He is suffering it, and he's putting it onto somebody else. And when there is a cycle of abuse, what happens then? It trickles down, and it gets passed on and passed on. And what's he doing? I'm doing this because of one person. Sammy Zane. <laughs> Amazing, again. So you've basically ticked every single box here. You've got somebody with these conflicting and contrasting emotions and not knowing to do what's right. And even though he's done what he believes is right, which is stand up for his brother, he still knows it's wrong which is a very hard like line to walk in WWE's broad brushstroke storytelling, and he's done it. Then you have the acknowledgement acknowledgement of the fact that like you are a victim of abuse and are passing abuse onto the people yourself, and then you have the trickle-down, and there's always a person, in this case, it's Sami Zayn. Great, 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 f***ing great in terms of Jey Uso. Then we've got, it's a pro wrestling show, so we're going to have some matches, aren't we? Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn versus The Usos is a kick-ass TV match. Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus The Usos and Solo Sakura is a fantastic match. You know the one I've avoided because, Christ, you sell out house shows or pay-per-views or backlash or whatever the hell you want when you do The Usos and Roman Reigns. If you want to do that against the babyface alliance of good when they finally brought the bloodline down, fine, do that too. I don't think I ever want that match because that match says to me that Jay and Roman have managed to make peace, and I don't want peace. I never want peace in the bloodline now. And that's the whole point of this, is they're supposed to be showing you peace. They're supposed to be showing you unity. They're supposed to be <laughs> showing you a version of this group that can film that, and we've not seen it yet, film that WrestleMania Goes Hollywood skit, which is them in The Godfather, which we know is coming, all the mafioso overtones of all of this. And the whole point of those mafia films and dramas is that there is a constant sense of mistrust, unease, somebody's a rat, somebody wants the top chair. The top chair himself doesn't trust the people, his soldiers, his own people. The callback here of Jey Uso, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sammy, why couldn't you just fall in line, right? When did Sammy last fall in line? He last fell in line at war games. Mm -hmm. Who did he fall in line to impress at war games? It wasn't Roman Reigns. It was Jey Uso, which is why Roman Reigns continues to be threatened by Jay Uso, which is why Roman, knowing that he can't get to Jay, goes to Jimmy. And who is Jimmy going to be affecting? Jay Uso. And this is not even Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like, fantastic A star, S tier storytelling from WWE. Like I'm, I was terrified after the Royal Rumble. I thought they're going to blow this. Moving pieces everywhere, chessboard pieces all over the place, and they have moved every for me anyway. They've moved every single one in the right pace, in the right position, yeah. every single time. I am flabbergasted at the success of this. The noise on Raw was this big moment. I think everybody just shut up and went, oh, "I've got this right." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, like, maybe not. Maybe that's just, I'm blinking because no, I absolutely adore I this story. I think you're spot on. But I think the follow-up was, well, how many times have you said that? How important is a follow-up? Our teams are terrible. And you get that one win, and it's like, oh, we need to build on this. And then you get beat 5-1 off your, <laughs> old, your old manager comes to town. Like, the follow-up is just as important. And I thought they absolutely nailed this. I am desperate. I'm frothing at the gash for these men to be on Raw tonight just so I can get a little bit more of it. Mm. I absolutely love this. Cody, man. When he rips that shit, like he's entering that, like, you know, Sidgwick talks about that Jericho promo where he's like, he calls AW the Ellis Island. And he's like, there could be no bigger babyface in wrestling. And why that title? This company that he's created, he has to win that title. And he's so desperate to win it that he'll put up and never fight him for it again. He's hitting those markers for the frigging blue toy with the WWE logo on it that's yeah. slung over Roman's shoulder. Like Coming this- out and doing... I don't listen to you, I listen to the fans. And people being like, yeah, he is, he's one of us. This WrestleMania match, I think the world will stop spinning when Rody and when Rody, when Cody and Roman are faced off against one another. I, I like I cannot wait for this. Brilliant ending to SmackDown. And like you say, leads into Raw tonight, which we'll be previewing a little bit later on. Uh, but let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Not only the Raw preview coming your way later on today, but also the AEW Rampage review with me and Michael Sidgwick. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.